Good evening, this is Pamela, and you're listening to Watchmen on the Pod. I am going to, tonight, endeavor to read a book. I don't know how far I'm going to get. I'm going to read it until I get tired, and I can't read no more. Um, I bought this book a couple weeks ago. It came in last week, and I have really been um, itching, I guess, eyeing it. Every now and then, I look over and think, oh, Lord, I really want to get into that book. I think now it's time to get into this book. Um, this book is entitled The Nephilim, Fallen Angels, and Aliens. What Does the Bible Say? by Dr. Kathy Burns. We're going to begin. Chapter 1. Let's start with the scriptures. A popular theme today is the talk of Nephilim, fallen angels, aliens, greys, UFOs, Anunnaki, golems, genetic engineering, and manipulation, cloning, and hybrid races. These topics can be found in many books, TV programs, videos, and movies within the secular and the religious realms. Many evangelicals have written books on these subjects, and these ideas can be frequently heard on talk radio shows. What was the cause, what has caused, the current interest in such phenomena? Why is it gaining so much popularity currently? Why is there an increased fascination with these issues? In this book, we will discuss some of these topics, but our source for truth must be a reliable guide. If we have a reliable reference on which to base our beliefs, then we'll be able to compare our research with that authority and be able to recognize false teachings should they arise. My starting point and source of truth is the Bible, the Word of God. Psalm chapter 119 verse 89 says that God's Word is forever settled in heaven. We are all aware that there are many false doctrines in the world. The only way we'll be able to know the true from the false is if we have a true guide. The Bible happens to be that guide. John chapter 17, 17 says, Thy word is truth. If we study the real and know the real thoroughly, then we'll be able to spot counterfeits. Federal agents don't learn to spot counterfeit money by studying counterfeits. They study genuine bills until they master the look of the real thing. Then, when they see the bogus money, they recognize it. We need to do the same thing with the Word of God. For instance, if we study the Bible and then we hear a Mormon say that Jesus and Lucifer are brothers, we know that this is a counterfeit religion because the Bible says that Jesus was the only begotten Son of God, John 3.16. When we hear, as God now is, man may become, and as man is now, God once was, we know this is a counterfeit teaching because the Bible says, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Psalms 90, verse 2. When we read a book promoting reincarnation, we know it's false because in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says that it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. If you had a test coming up in school, you'd study the textbook. You wouldn't go to outside sources and then try to reinterpret the textbook. As Christians, we need to do the same thing. The Bible says that we are going to be judged by the Bible, John chapter 12, verse 48, and therefore we need to study it 
I remember one baking class I took, and when the teacher asked a question, I gave an answer. He then asked the class how many thought I was wrong. Every hand in the class went up. I knew I was correct because I had read the book and I gave the answer from the book, but I didn't have to defend my answer because the teacher said, well, she's correct. If the others in the class would have read the book, they too would have known the correct answer. We need to do the same thing with the scriptures. We should spend more time studying the Bible and getting to know what it says, because as the Bible warns us, there are there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And you can find that in Matthew chapter 24, verse 24. Also Mark chapter 13, verse 22. Because individuals are not grounded in the word of God, they are often tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. James chapter 1 verse 8 also says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Knowing God's word will help us to become established and settled in our faith. Less Confusion if people knew God's word better, there would be a lot less confusion about the Nephilim, the Anunnaki, aliens, UFOs, etc. However, if we fail to accept the truth of God's word, we will be an easy prey for deception and the lie. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 10 through 11 says, because people received not the love of the truth, a strong delusion would be sent and they would believe a lie. In Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 reminds us, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Remember too, we can't incorporate occult teachings into scripture without tampering with the scriptures. If our research does not line up with scriptures, then we need to question the research. What is even worse is when the scriptures tell us something clearly, but we then go to other sources, find a different interpretation, and come back and try to reinterpret the scriptures to fit with the new idea. We can't change God's word, but Second Peter chapter 3 verse 16 warns us that the scriptures can be rested or perverted, but it's to our own destruction if we do. Throughout this book, we will look at the topic of the Nephilim and fallen angels, but we need to start with the idea of the serpent seed in order to lay a foundation for the other issues. A glossary is included for those who may not be familiar with some of the terms found throughout this book. Chapter 2, The Serpent Seed Doctrine the theory of the serpent seed has been promoted by the KKK, neo-Nazis, identity groups, the Aryan nation, Adolf Hitler, William Branham, Sun, Mung, Moon, and the Unification Church, and many others. It is often used as a rationale to promote racism and hatred of certain groups. There are various aspects and perspectives to this belief, but basically the serpent seed theory teaches that when Eve partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden, she had actually engaged in a sexual relationship with the serpent or Satan, and from its illicit relationship Cain was born. Cain, therefore, is referred to as the seed or the offspring of the serpent, hence the serpent seed. 
Sherry Schreiner asserts, quote, Here is what really happened in the Garden of Eden. Eve lost her virginity to the serpent, whom was that tree of knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden, and who is none other than Satan himself, unquote. Gnostic scriptures go so far as to claim that Eve was actually raped by the serpent. Before delving deeper into this issue, we need a special, we need to spend a little time <clears throat> checking the verses before and after this passage in Genesis 3. Let's start with Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. And the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of not life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now let's go to verses 15 through 17. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. So far we see that God created the trees in the garden and they were for food. The trees are literal trees and the trees of the knowledge of good and evil is specifically listed. Now Genesis 3 gives the account of the serpent tempting Eve. He told her that if she would eat of this tree, she would not die. Verse 6 says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Two verses later, we see that God is walking in the garden, so Adam and Eve now hide themselves among the trees of the garden. Symbolism causes problems. If we start to symbolize this, we run into lots of problems. First of all, the verses right before and after, and at right after Eve, partakes of the tree, shows that the trees are literal trees. God created the trees, and when Adam and Eve tried to hide from God, they hid among literal trees. Why would we try to symbolize the other reference to the tree? Notice also that when Satan discussed this tree with Eve, she looked at it and saw it was good for food. This is exactly why it was created, so there's no reason for symbolism here. Furthermore, we see that Eve gave this fruit to her husband. So if we symbolize this tree to mean sex, we not only have Eve having sexual relations with Satan, but we may also have Adam and Satan participating in a homosexual act since, Satan, since Adam also ate of this tree. Not only do we find that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a literal tree, but we also know that this tree did not represent a sexual act because Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 and 28 states, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. If the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represented a sexual relationship, then God would have contradicted himself by telling Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply by forbidding them to partake of the fruit that would allow them to do so. 
by trying to symbolize the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to mean a sexual encounter we not only need to reinterpret the bible but we would also have a god who is demanding disobedience if adam and eve would obey god's command to be fruitful they would have to disobey his other command by eating of the fruit of the tree if they would obey god's command to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil then they would be obligated to disobey his command to be fruitful first corinthians chapter fourteen thirty three says that god is not the author of confusion furthermore if eating would represent a sexual relationship how do we explain genesis chapter 2 verse 16 and the lord god commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely eat adam and eve were put out of the garden so that they would not eat of the tree of life in fact the word eat is used 17 times just in genesis chapter 3 it's obvious that these other references cannot be referring to sexual relations so why would we assume that this one instance does we also need to realize that when we begin to symbolize scripture without appropriate reason we have no way of knowing where to stop if partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil symbolizes a sex act with satan how can we be sure we shouldn't also symbolize the virgin birth or christ's death or his resurrection or heaven or hell the flood and so forth tree of life returning to genesis 3 we see that right after this encounter with satan god curses the serpent and puts adam and eve out of the garden he did not want them to eat of the tree of life and live forever in a sinful state god put up a protective barrier to keep them from the tree of life isn't it strange that god would go to this to all this effort to protect these trees if these trees were only symbolic of course we know that the tree of life is a literal tree because it is mentioned three times in the book of revelation chapter 2 verse 7 chapter 22 verse 2 and verse 14 and we are told that this tree is in the paradise of god and only those who do his commandments have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city revelation chapter 22 verse 14 after adam and eve are banished from eden the bible says in genesis chapter 4 1 through 2 adam knew his eve his wife and she conceived and bare cain and said i have gotten a man from the lord and she again bare his brother abel the sequence is clear that eve only conceived after they were expelled from the garden so satan was not the father of cain People such as Dr. Joy Jeffries Poe and Jerry Gentry claim that Eve was referring to Satan when she said that she obtained a man from the Lord. But the word Lord is Jehovah and refers to Almighty God. With over 140 references to Jehovah in the book of Genesis, every single one of them refer to God. Why would just this one occurrence in Genesis chapter 4, 1 be different? Of course it isn't. However, once we reject the clear teaching of the scripture, we'll have to go to outside sources to get other explanations. And this is where the teaching of the serpent seed comes in. For instance, some people like Sherry Schreiner 
tried to use the Dead Sea Scrolls to bolster their seed, their serpent seed theory. They say that the Bible is incorrect in Genesis 4.1 and should actually read, quote, And Adam knew his wife Eve, who was pregnant by Samuel, 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 I don't know, Satan, and she conceived and bare Cain, and he was like the heavenly beings and not like the earthly beings. And she said, I have gotten a man from the angel of the Lord, unquote. There just happens to be a problem with this explanation. According to Michael S. Heiser, a scholar in Near Eastern Semitic languages, Cohen Greek and Sumerian studies, we find that, quote, Genesis 4.1 was not among the textual remains of the Hebrew Bible among the Dead Sea Scrolls. It is important to realize that much of the biblical material from Qumran is partial and fragmentary. Only the book of Isaiah can be said to be virtually complete. 99% of it was found at Qumran. There are portions and scraps of other Old Testament books except Esther. Genesis chapter 4 verse 1, the account of Cain's birth is not in the Dead Sea Scroll material, unquote. If these verses is not found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, then how can it be translated to mean that Satan fathered Cain? Of course, it can't. So where did this idea originate? Heiser continues, since we already know the name doesn't occur in the biblical scrolls, I thought I'd look for it among other scrolls material. Sometimes the other material has commentaries on the biblical material. A computer search for Samuel, or the alternate spelling Samuel, yields zero occurrences in the non-biblical text from the Dead Sea Scrolls. This is more proof that this account is not only absent in the biblical Dead Sea Scrolls, it isn't present in the scrolls that covered other subjects besides copying and commenting on the Hebrew Bible, unquote. The name Samuel does appear in the Pseudopocrypha, or Pseudo but not in the sense that he had relations with Eve and fathered Cain. This idea is only found in one Targum, namely the Targum Pseudo-Jonathan, and some later rabbinic writings. The word Targum means translation or interpretation and is the Aramaic translation of the Hebrew Bible. The Targum Pseudo-Jonathan was written about 1,500 to 2,000 years after Genesis. Furthermore, Quote, Targums can be very elastic translations, adding material quite freely with no Hebrew manuscript evidence at all. Everyone who does Aramaic knows this about the Targum. They can play pretty fast and loose with the text of the Bible. They insert all kinds of things into the translation without regard to any prior textual manuscript history for support. In plain language, the Targums often add made-up material in the biblical text. Having Samael in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, is a classic example. It was added at least 1,500 years after the fact, and no other prior ancient Jewish materials support it. Unquote. Cunningly devised fables. The Bible is very specific about these rabbinical writings. Paul warned Titus, Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Titus chapter 1, 13 and 14. There are several other similar references. 
Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 4. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 16. Wherefore the Lord said, Forasmuch as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Isaiah chapter 29 verse 13. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into or unto fables. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 4. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false prophets among you, or false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow the penurious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetedness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. Second Peter chapter 2, 1 through 3. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Strangely, in addition to the rabbinical writings, some Luciferians also teach that Samuel, Samuel or Satan, fathered Cain with Lilith. Quote, Samuel was called the prince of demons, and whose name meant roughly poison of God, and is a spirit of the air, astral plane, dreaming. Samuel, as being the same as Lucifer, Aramon, Set, as Azazel is by all accounts the fallen seraphim whose desire for individual thought and the ability to guide his own destiny resulted in the fall. Unquote. Lilith is the bride of the devil. Luciferians also honor Lilith as a goddess, and a Luciferian Michael Ford refers to her as the bride of the devil. In fact, Samael, Lilith, and Cain are considered to be the Luciferian trinity in the black tradition. Ford wrote a book entitled Liber HVHI. HVHI is called the incommunicable name of Samael, the opposer, adversary. Elaborating on this idea of Cain being fathered by Satan, Ford claims, in, quote, In certain rabbinical literature, the daughters of Cain were those who joined in sexual union with the fallen angels, the watchers, and gave birth to the Nephilim, the giants, who were warlike like the br and brutal. They were said to have populated the earth in plenty and attacked the children of Seth and Manchian in Lore, the queen of demons and the spiritual initiator of Cain, Lilith as taught the fallen angels to form physical bodies and join with others sexually. It is suggested also by writers Kaufman Kohler, W.H. Bennett, and Louis Ginsburg that the children of Cain spent their days at the foot of a mountain, Eden, question mark, practicing in wild orgies with the music of Lucifer through that created by Jabal. Women and the first women, the first 
Pericas or fairies, witches, and their beautiful appearances, invited the sons of Seth, children of God, and copulated with them, bearing other children. This Jewish folklore presents the earliest forms of the witches, sick Sabbat, as a Luciferian celebration and practice of sexual magic. Unquote. Quote, herein we can see that Cain is thus a flesh and blood embodiment of the Luciferian path itself. He is the son of Satan and Lilith, the dark essence, which is deeply connected with Eve, the wife of Adam. Cain is not only the patron father of witches, also the symbol of the initiate upon the Anatomian path, unquote. Nathaniel Harris, a witch, writes, quote, It is said within the dark tradition, Satanism, witchcraft, etc., that the Bible is mistaken with regards to Cain's true patronage, parentage, unquote. Why would evangelicals promote an idea that is foreign to the scriptures but accepted by the Satanists and witches? Satan is the father of lies. We know that Satan is an intelligent creature, but he is also the father of lies. Why would I want to go to sources that have demonic inspiration to try to find the truth? If Satan lied to Eve, don't you think he'd also lie to his followers? I cannot go to occult sources to find the truth. It is understandable that occultists do not believe or accept the Bible, but it is hard to comprehend why evangelicals who claim that the Bible is the inspired word of God do not accept the simple truth of Scripture. For anyone who claims that the Bible is God's word yet holds to the serpent seed theory, we find that scriptures must be overlooked, reinterpreted, or ignored. To believe that Cain was literally the son of Satan, we need to symbolize Genesis 3. We need to ignore or add to Genesis 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 2, where it states that Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bare Cain. We also need to ignore a verse of scripture which says in Acts chapter 17, verse 26, that God hath made of one blood all nations of men. There are not separate bloodlines in the sense that one lineage is from Adam and another lineage from Satan. Some people even seem to resort to intentional manipulation and lying. For example, Willie Martin and Sherry Schreiner, in their attempt to justify their viewpoint that Cain was Satan's son, turned to several commentaries, both quote from Matthew Henry, quote, It showed that he, Cain, was the firstborn of Satan's seed. The truth, however, is that both Martin and Schreiner left off the rest of the sentence, which states, even he, the eldest son of the first man, was of the wicked one. The partial quotation makes it appear as though Matthew Henry believed in the serpent seed theory, but that obviously is not the case. Of course, Martin, as well as Arnold Murray and others, believe that the Jews are the descendants of Satan through Cain, which is another unscriptural teaching. One way people try to change the scripture is to claim that Eve was already pregnant from Satan when Adam knew Eve, but that isn't what the Bible says at all. Malachi chapter 2, 10 asks, Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Unquote. Furthermore, if you recall, this idea supposedly come from the Dead Sea Scrolls, but we've already discovered that this isn't the case either. Satan has a seed. Thomas Horn, a former minister with the Assemblies of God, also believes that Satan has a seed. He writes, quote, Daniel's prophecy coupled with Genesis chapter 3 provides an incredible tenet that Satan has a seed and it is at enmity with Christ. 
And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The word translated here as seed in the Hebrew word zira, which means offspring, descendants, children. While it is true that seed can mean offspring, descendants, children, the word is not limited to such a meaning. It can be used figuratively. It is also referred to seed such as grain, which is used for planting. Here are a few verses with that same word zera highlighted. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit yielding and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so Genesis chapter one, verse 11. While the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Genesis 8:22. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna and it was like cordarnier seed seed white and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Exodus 16 verse 31. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall for thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they shall be alike good. Ecclesiastes eleven verse six. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bringeth precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Psalms 126, verse 6. Jesus has a seed. It is quite obvious that the word seed, zera, does not always mean children. Furthermore, according to Isaiah 53, we see that Jesus too has a seed. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, Jesus. He hath put him to grief when they shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 10. We know from Hebrews chapter 7 3 that Jesus does not have any descendants, so we know that Jesus' seed are those who believe in him and trust him as their Lord and Savior. First John chapter three, one through two declares, behold, what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not beloved. Now are we the sons of God, but love ye your enemies and do good and your reward shall be great and ye shall be the children of the highest. Luke chapter six, verse thirty five. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Romans chapter 9, verse 26. Thus said the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Exodus 4, 22. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and verse 16. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. 
And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Satan has children in the same sense as Jesus has children. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 4 says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. We also find in 1 John chapter 3, 8 and verse 10, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. It is clear that Satan's seeds are those who are living in sin, and Christ's seed are those who are living righteously. This idea is brought out in Romans chapter 6. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. From when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapter 6, verse 16 through 18, verse 20, and then 22 through 23. This thought is also found in Ephesians 2. Then at that time ye were both Christ, ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus ye were ye were no ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for through him. We both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow servants with the saints, fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Ephesians chapter 2, 12 through 13 and 18 through 19. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Second Corinthians chapter 6, 17 through 18. Devil's children can become God's children. It should be clear that the devil's children can become the Lord's children through faith in Jesus Christ to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Oh, praise God. Acts chapter 26, verse 18. In spite of the clear teaching of Scripture, people still insist 
that Satan had a literal son by the name of Cain. Trying to prove their theory, they will point to John chapter 8, verse 44, where Jesus said, Ye are of, the, of your father the devil. We will look at this verse more closely in the next chapter. I'm going to end it here, but I'm going to come right back and continue to pick that up. I just need to take a break for a minute. I want to make a video because <clears throat> it's just easier to make, you know, short videos, to get it popped up, read it again, get it popped up. So that way we could just stay in sync. I love you, brothers and sisters. Oh, so dearly, I love you all. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Yes, sir. And your nose in the book, which is the word of God and embed the word of God upon the tablets of your hearts. So you will not sin against God or be deceived. Be blessed, brothers and sisters, and I'll talk to you here in a few minutes. I love you.